All right, so we're in the line for Game of Thrones uh, pop-up bar. Good. Why are you guys uh, here? Game of Thrones is lit. One of the best TV shows on right now, honestly. And that shit live, baby. That shit live. So who's your favorite character? My favorite character is John, man. I mean, like... John really has been about that noble shit since the beginning. Like, you know, Rob was about it and he died. You know, Ed was about it and he died. Cersei ain't shit. All the Lannisters ain't shit. Hi, my name is Andrew Slack and this is Imagine Better. conversation you just heard was recorded back in the summer of 2017 right outside of a game of thrones pop-up bar the uh, the line was very long and it was very hot and as season seven of game of thrones was just beginning it was so wonderful to talk with so many strangers about modern mythology and the ways in which it uh, it impacts their life we love game of thrones it's like religion on sunday nights for us excuse me now Game of Thrones as a religion? Does this mean that she and her husband are worshipping the gods of Westeros, either the old or the new? I swear it by the old gods and the new. No, it's very evident that she worships none of the gods on Game of Thrones. Shame! When she says it's like a religion, she clearly means it's a ritual. There's rituals everywhere. Within Judaism, I'm Jewish, uh, we have Shabbat. That's the Jewish Sabbath. In the musical Fiddler on the Roof, they're getting ready for sundown because the moment that sundown hits, that's when Shabbat begins and they have to be there. Oh, the sun is almost down. Hurry, children, hurry. My immediate family is not so observant. However, the sense of immediacy of hurry, children, hurry, was not around Shabbat, but about Seinfeld. My dad would be like a kid at Christmas and he'd just be so excited and be like, come on, come on, come on, kids, come on, come on, it's coming on, come on, come on, come on, get upstairs, get upstairs. My mom would be on the phone and say, Sharon, come on, you're gonna miss it. She's like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. She said, he said, no, come on, you're gonna miss the gist, come on. I'm really serious, I think that's a good idea. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. <laughs> Of course, I recognize that that's a little different than Shabbat dinner. We are not worshiping any character on Seinfeld, but it still is a ritual that unifies the family. And for Game of Thrones, over 20 years after Seinfeld for me, my partner and I, we make sure at 8.55 p.m., five minutes before that show comes on during Game of Thrones season, we are sitting there. We are ready. So I totally get what she was saying before about Game of Thrones being like a religion. And anyone that is a guest in our home knows that about us. They're like, okay, we're leaving, or they're going to have to be very, very quiet. We have so many different storytelling rituals with the advent of social media, the advent of binge-watching TV, and the rituals continue to change, continue to evolve, and yet, regardless of that evolution, I still believe that there is something very core that is taking place in storytelling. And not everyone's going to agree with me on this, but this is how I feel. That stories are sacred that stories are spiritual, that the realm of the spirit is one and the same with the realm of imagination. There is no life I know to compare with pure imagination. Too often we are told that imagination and fantasy is just a distraction and it's an escape from our world. But the reality 
is that fantasy is not an escape from our world, but an invitation to go deeper into it. Now, when we were 11, we may not have gotten that invitation to go to Hogwarts, but we got an invitation to go deep into the soul of our world, and our world needs that right now. So let's heed the call of history, and let's do what J.K. Rowling asked us to do in her Harvard commencement speech in 2008. We do not need magic to transform our world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. We have the power to imagine better. Let's begin. I raise funds in DC for the Washington Monument. She tells my story. I speak out against slavery. You could have done so much more if you only had time. And when my time is up, have I done enough? Will they tell your story? Oh my God, I love that music. Thank you, Lin-Manuel Miranda, for Hamilton, an American musical. Uh, Hamilton is a musical that begins with, uh, with an orphan ready to take on an empire. How does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence impoverished and squalor grow up to be a hero and a scholar Hamilton an American musical has become a new kind of national anthem an anthem around the orphan winning against the empire and so we've talked about the power of story and now I would like to tell you a story the story of the orphan and the Empire. So this is a little weird. If you ever wanted to tell a story that moves hearts and minds, generates billions of dollars, and creates fan communities that can change the world, make up a story about a kid with dead parents and an empire trying to kill them. It's, uh, it, it really works, and it's kind of uh, mind-blowing when you go through the list. Starting with Harry Potter. Harry Potter is an orphan, and he is up against an empire that is led by the white supremacist Dark Lord Voldemort. Voldemort started to gather some followers, brought them over to the dark side. Anyone that stood up to him ended up dead. Your parents fought against him, but nobody lived once he decided to kill him. Thank you, Hagrid. I love you. I miss you. I'm thinking about you. The list continues. The orphan Dorothy up against an empire led by the Wicked Witch of the West. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> like most orphan heroes, the orphan Frodo Baggins is very nervous about this fight against the empire. I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. And then there's Katniss Everdeen, who is a quasi-orphan as she faces the empire of the capital and its Hunger Games. Rim! Rim! I volunteer! I volunteer! I volunteer as tribute! And to return to Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones is the story of the orphan and the empire on steroids. It is really about over 12 orphans fighting two empires, one of the living in King's Landing and one of the dead north of the wall. More examples of orphans include Aladdin, 
Simba, Snow White, Elsa, Cinderella, Bambi, Peter Pan, Dumbo, the Doctor, Atreo, Sarah Connor, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm pretty sure Faith is an orphan, but I'm not positive on that. Anigo Montoya and presumably most of the heroes in The Princess Bride. Dumbledore, Bilbo, Lyra, and quasi-orphans like Star Trek Spock and Nikki Sanders on Heroes. There's also Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Iron Fist, The Black Widow, Hawkeye, Luke Cage, Wonder Woman, The Incredible Hawk, Jessica Jones, The Flash, The X-Men, The Green Arrow, Daredevil, Captain America... All orphans up against respective tyrannies and empires. Woo! Yeah! Boom! That's a lot of orphans up against empires. You know, I just realized there's a few orphans that I'm leaving out. Actually, there's millions that I'm leaving out because the list doesn't seem to end. But here's a couple. Uh, Eleven from Stranger Things. James Cole from 12 Monkeys. I just recently finished... Uh, Greg Horwitz's Orphan X, which is literally about a group of orphans, like very born identity, oh, also an orphan. Uh, so yes, this list just goes on and on and on. If Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton was around and met these orphans, he'd be all like, You're an orphan! Of course! I'm an orphan! And while there's a lot of upcoming movies with, uh, with orphan heroes, the Justice League is a good example, I'm probably most excited about Star Wars. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there were a lot of orphans fighting empires. The orphans include Han Solo, Leia Organa, Jin Erso, Ezra, Ahsoka, Rey, Finn, Obi-Wan, and of course, that farm boy on Tatooine, Luke Skywalker, up against the Empire. In a lot of ways, Star Wars is a lot like the American Revolution. It's a group of scrappy rebel underdogs who are up against an empire, and that is essentially what was going on in the American Revolution, and it's one of the appeals of Hamilton. And while Hamilton begins describing an orphan against an empire, it ends with his widow, Eliza Hamilton, starting an orphanage. Can I show you what I'm proudest of? the first private orphanage in New York City. The Orphanage. I helped raise hundreds of children. I get to see them growing the up. Orphanage. In their eyes I see you, Alexander. I see you every time. And when my time is up, have I done enough? Will they tell the lines that close out the musical confirm what the play has been saying the whole time. America herself is an orphanage, a place for newcomers orphaned from our motherlands and our fatherlands and now as ragtag orphans coming together in a heroic story against the empire. So then the question becomes, what empire? You know, empires are oppressive, but what empire are we living under? I have been told that if you want to understand what empire you are facing, look to the tallest building in the city. So the tallest building in the city in Western Europe in the 1400s was the church. By the 1700s, the tallest building became the political palace or the nation state. 
and by the 20th century, the 1900s, the tallest building became the multinational corporation in the financial district. So the current empire is the multinational corporation, or otherwise known as the corporate empire. And we are facing the corporate empire, and as we do, it is remarkable to see the amount of environmental devastation, economic devastation, and more that the corporate empire has generated. The modern-day slavery that we are going to help expose is both shocking and heartbreaking. But as we learn the stories in this next episode of those real-life heroes that are standing up to that modern-day slavery, that are standing up to the corporate empire, that are asking us to stand up with them as real-life heroes with them, it is humbling and it is inspiring. Now, in future episodes of Imagine Better, we're going to be diving deep and we're going to have a large palette in exploring humanity and why, as humans, we feel so compelled to love stories of orphans fighting empires. This episode was just a beginning, just an opening salvo, the first chapter in a larger story that explores how we can allow the sacred nature in all of our stories to improve upon the world at this climactic moment in the human story. This is our moment where you and I get the opportunity to embody the heroes we have dreamed of being since we were very small. So in the next episode of Imagine Better, we are going to explore the story of those who refuse to be victims of the corporate empire. I ask them whether or not they still believe in slavery, because that's exactly what we want. But instead, to be heroes who are standing up. I know that these companies are the ones taking advantage of us. Speaking out. No money, always working. That does sound a lot like slavery. <laughs> yes, yes it does. And asking us to join them as fellow orphan heroes. The opportunity's there. It's not gone, it's not too late. In an epic story where they are going to win and together with them, we are going to prove that no empire is stronger than the strength of the human spirit. Until then, thank you to everyone who has made it this far. Thank you to everyone who's made this episode possible with special thanks to editor Alessandra DeSimone and my co-conspirator Sonia Petrovic. Please subscribe to the Imagine Better podcast and join the discussion about this episode at our Imagine Better Facebook group, which you can find by going to imaginebetter.org. And until next time, I hope your path is full of the vast radiance and secret wonders that fill our world. Thank you. This has been Andrew Slack reminding you to imagine better. See you next week. Yeah.